Hello, everybody. Hello, Life Changes Church, I should say. My name is Wayne Barthas, and I'm a pastor here at Life Changes Church. I am married to the beautiful Genevieve Barthas, and I have two sons. One is Lee, he is 17 years old, and Zachary, who is a three-year-old. And uh, I am happily married at this stage and trusting to be happily married forever. But this morning, before we even kick off, I'd really like to honor one person. And that is my boy, Lee. And he is such an incredible, incredible young man. You see, Lee loves serving people. When I see him at church, he is out there serving people. In fact, I have heard many reports of how Lee would love people and serve them every single Sunday at the drive-thru. And so, my boy, I want to honor you and say thank you for your heart. I want to honor you and say thank you because Lee doesn't even serve, doesn't just serve here at the drive-thru. He serves at home. What you see here has been cultivated at home. That's what he does. That's who he is. He is a boy who serves. So today, my boy, I want to honor you and say thank you for being an amazing, amazing young man. And we love you, love you lots. We are kicking off part three of the series called Hashtag Blessed. And over the past two weeks, Mark preached an incredible message kicking us off into this Hashtag Blessed series. And last week, God, uh, Gabe, <laughs> God, Gabe preached an incredible message called Hashtag Protected. This week, I have the privilege of starting off part three of Hashtag Blessed. But before I tell you what the title is of this message, I'd first want to read the number six, 22 to 26 blessing to you. The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. What an incredible, incredible blessing. What I love about that blessing is that it's not in the past tense, nor is it in the present tense, um, sorry, in the future tense, but it is in the present tense. Incredible, incredible, incredible. For 3,000 years, this blessing was read out or, or said or repeated in the present tense. Today, this message, this blessing is for you in the present tense. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord makes his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Life changes church. The Lord is your keeper. He is gracious and he loves you. That is an unconditional blessing. It is not what you have to do or what you've done or what you are going to do. It is an incredible blessing that is unconditional. It is who God is rather than who you are at this stage. And we want to honor God for that beautiful blessing that he spoke over his people. And right now, before we even go further, I'd love to pray. Kick this off in prayer for you. Why don't you close your eyes? Father, this, this day, this day right now, we say thank you for that blessing. But Father, even more, we ask that those who are hearing your word today 
will open up their hearts wide and receive who you are, who you are and what you've done on that cross. I pray right now with an expectant heart for salvations, God, as they see what the Savior of the world has done for them. But I thank you, God, for blessing us. I thank you, God, that you've never changed. And I thank you, God, that you will never change. In Jesus' name, amen. On the 29th of June, at 3 a.m., God woke me up. And that is almost the time that I always spend with God. He wakes me up at 3 a.m., and this is my response to him. Yes, Lord, speak. What is it that I need to do? Who is it that I need to pray for? And who is it that I need to love in this day? And as I waited for God to respond, this is what I sensed him saying to me. I have protected you. I have provided for you. I have preserved you. Now seek my presence. Psalm 16, 11 came to mind as I turned to my Bible in the early hours of the morning. You will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. You have preserved me for a purpose. There's a purpose behind my preservation. And it's not just to keep me alive, but for something more special. Enjoy your presence. You will find no joy in walking in your purpose if you haven't received the joy in his presence. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And in his presence, there is fullness of joy. Perhaps before we continue on the purposeful journey, I journaled. We should stop where we are and find joy in his presence first. I believe it is this joy that we find in God's presence that fills us and allows us to walk out our purpose with joy in our hearts. Yes, today I'm preaching on part three of Hashtag Blessed. And I'm titling this message, Hashtag More. So when we read this amazing blessing that God has given to Moses to give to Aaron to pass on to the people of Israel, one would almost ask the question, why would God ask Moses to pass it on to Aaron to pass it on to the people of Israel? Quite a strange thing if you think about it. Why didn't God just give it to Moses and say, here's the blessing for you and the people of Israel? However, God says, Moses, give this to Aaron to pray over the people of Israel. Quite an incredible thing if you think about it. Somehow, something must have happened before that God would give this message to Moses to give to Aaron and on to the people of Israel. And as I studied the scripture, I've come across Exodus 33. And I'd love for you to turn to Exodus 33, and we'll be reading from that chapter, from, from verse 7 to 11. The incredible thing is in this chapter, God calls the children of Israel stiff-necked people. 
Now, I wouldn't want to be called that. I wouldn't want to be called a stiff-necked person or belong to a stiff-necked people. But God calls the children of Israel a stiff-necked people because when Moses went down the mountain to his demise, he finds people worshiping a golden calf. And this incensed God against the people of Israel. And he tells Moses to tell the people that they are a stiff-necked people. What happens next is incredible. And this is where I pick up the story in Exodus 33, verse 7. And I'll read from verse 7. Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of meeting. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of meeting, which was outside the camp. So it was, whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle, that all the people rose and each man stood at his tent door and watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle that the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. And the Lord talked to Moses. All the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle door. And all the people rose and worshipped each man in his tent door. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And he would return to the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. Incredible, incredible scripture. Here we find that Moses had an intimate experience with God. Moses knew what it was to speak to God face to face. And hence, because of Moses' experience, his intimate experience with God, God knew that Moses knew his presence. And so he asked Moses to pass this blessing on to Aaron for the people of Israel. Incredible if you put the link together that Moses had this experience, this blessing of God's presence, his countenance that's shining upon Moses. He had that experience, so God doesn't give it to Moses. He says Moses to give it, he asked Moses to give it on to the people of Israel. So that's just to build the link between why Moses was the one passing that blessing on, on God's behalf. So what does it mean for God's face to shine upon you. Another word for, that, for, for face is countenance. And I went to go look up that word countenance in the Hawker's Man's Concordance and Dictionary. And it says this. The scriptural term contains in itself and conveys to the people so much in expression of the mind of Jesus, the lifting up the light of God's countenance upon his soul, implies such an abundance of favor that whenever we meet with the words, they ought to be treasured up as a renewed token of goodwill of him who dwelt in the bush. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love it. I love it. I love it. This is an intimate moment of a blessing that God is giving to his people. It's not just a past blessing or a future, but it's the now that is happening in God's presence. Love it. Hence God waking me up 
and asking me to seek his presence. It wasn't just about seeking his presence. God wanted me to understand what it meant to be blessed by him when he visits me. What an incredible scripture. What an incredible encounter with the Savior right at that moment. God telling me that he loves me by showing me his presence. Now you might be asking at this point, Wayne, how can I experience that? How can I experience that blessing of his presence? In fact, some of you might have experienced that blessing of his presence and might know what I'm talking about right now. But if you don't know, there are two things or three things that I'd like to make known to you right now and help you to experience the blessing of God. Number one, separate yourself. You see, when we read that scripture, we understand that Moses took his tent outside of the camp and it says he pitched it far from the camp. You see, when you're amongst people that are called a stiff-necked people who rebels against God, there's an action that you need to take, an action that you need to take to get away from those people to separate yourself. And so number one is to separate yourself from, which is a beautiful thing. Get away from the voices of the world, the negativity, all these naysayers, the stuff that is happening in this world. Sir, ma'am, separate yourself from these things. God wants to bless you. God wants to be present in your life. Separate yourself from the clutter that is caused by everything that is happening in this world. In fact, we are called to separate ourselves. Number two, into, separate yourself into. It's not just good to separate yourself from, it is what you separate yourself into. You see, Moses took his camp, his tent, out of the camp where the people were, and he pitched it far from them. He didn't just pitch his tent from, from the camp, he called it something, he called it the tabernacle of meeting. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing, so much so that when I meet with the Lord at 3 a.m., that is my time that I call it. I call it 3 a.m. Very simple, but it is my time with my God. Moses called it the tabernacle of meeting. But that's not where it ends as Moses experienced God's presence, you see. Moses says to God, I want to know you. <laughs> what, a, what a question. Further on, if you read in that scripture, Moses says to God, I want to know you. The scripture says that God spoke to Moses as a, uh, as a man speaks to his friend face to face. The encounter happened because Moses separated him, himself into a different space. But it didn't end there. Now Moses says, I want to know you. <laughs> we don't just get to separate ourselves from this world. We get, we get to separate ourselves into something different, but it doesn't end there. The question is, how much do you want to know the Lord? And Moses asked this question, and it doesn't end there. It gets better. Moses says, show me your glory. <laughs> it is incredible. If you think about that, show me your glory, he's almost going from the moment of separating from, creating a space for God, wanting to know God, but there's more. 
show me your glory. You see, Moses knew the power of God. He knew the presence of God. He knew the provision of God. But man, he was chasing after one thing, the person of God. He was chasing after the person of God. So much so that God says, you cannot see my face. Beautiful, beautiful. Number two, number one, separate yourself. Number two, stay there. The incredible thing about what we do nowadays is that when we speak or when we get an encounter with God, we run off. We run off like the ten lepers. They ran off. They had an encounter. They were healed and they ran off. But one stayed behind. I want to say to you, if you've had an encounter with the Lord, stay there. This is not a physical stay there. This is a spiritual stay there. You don't need to leave. God has more for you when you stay in his presence. You see, Joshua stayed in his presence. If you read in verse 11, it says this. Quite incredibly, it says this. Let me find the scripture. <laughs> so the Lord spoke to Moses face to face and a man, as a man speaks to his friend. And he would return to the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. Quite incredible. Joshua was an incredible leader in the sense of leading the army uh, for Israel. He was a fighter. He was a man who was honorable. He was a man who was obedient. He was a man who served Moses. But he stays behind at the tabernacle. He did not leave the presence of God. Three things that will happen when you stay in the presence of God. Number one, that presence brought confidence. Joshua, in Numbers 14, verse 8, says this, If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into the land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. He gives us confidence. Number two, assurance. Numbers 14, verse 9, says this, let us go. This is Joshua saying this. Let us go because God is with us. Surely he had experienced something beautiful at the tabernacle of meeting, knowing that God is with them. In fact, this is post the blessing that God has given to the children of Israel. And number three, it brings favor. God chooses Joshua to lead the people into the promised land. He chooses Joshua, and the Bible says Caleb and Joshua. In fact, Caleb had a different spirit. But God chooses Joshua because he knew the presence of the Lord. What an incredible, incredible thing. Favor, confidence, and assurance. I remember in 2001, uh, we fetched a, a cat from an SPS, SPCA, and uh, when I say we, it was a friend that was with me, and he was driving. And as we leave, two men jumped out of the bush, 
and uh, held us up by gunpoint and asked us to get into the boot. And so we couldn't really fight because it's such a dangerous thing. And so we lifted our hands and they asked us to get into the boot and they hijacked us and drove off with us. And as they drove off, they came to their first stop and the one guy said, this is too close. And then they drove off again at high speed. You could hear the engine laboring. And they came to another stop, the tires screeching. And the one guy again says, hold on, there are too many people here. And they pull away again, high speed, engine laboring, and drives off. And at this stage, we realize that's only one thing that's going to happen today that they were going to kill us. And while we're in the boot of the car, my friend kept on saying, leave us alone, please let us go, please let us go. Please, we, we did nothing to you, please let us go. And the guy would just drop the backrest, show us the gun, but he kept on beating my friend with the gun, and then he pushed the backrest back. And then they would just keep on driving, and, and quietly they would speak to each other, but I could hear them saying, yeah, but where are we going to do it? Man, fear, anxiety, everything crept inside of us. But every time they opened up that back wrist, the guy would look at me, but he wouldn't beat me, he would beat up my friend. And at that stage, I remembered I had a little booklet that I kept with me, and I had memorized Psalm 23. And at that moment, I lied down, and I started saying, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And he prepares a table in the presence of my enemies. And I just kept quiet. And as I kept quiet, the presence of God came into that boot. Man, the presence of God came into that boot. I'm lying all cramped up like this with my friend right there. And I, I sense this peace coming over me. And I turn to my friend and I say to him, Calvin, it's going to be okay. He says, what? Say that again. He says, I said to him, it's going to be okay. He looks at me and he says, SJ Mo, can they see Valeos? And I thought, goodness me, that, is, that wasn't the response I was seeking. But I knew what I had inside of me at that stage. I had an assurance, I had a confidence, and I had favor at that stage because God was with me. And at that stage, I was calm, God leading me, giving me wisdom, and I said to him, open the boot. It was his car, so he knew how to do it. So we started opening the boot. And immediately he clicked the boot and the boot clicked open and he wanted to jump out. And I said, no, don't jump out. He says, we have to jump. I said, it's to the speed of the car at 120 k's. This might just kill us anyway. Wait till we take a turn. And as we came over Baden-Powell Bridge, over the N2, they took that sharp turn onto the N2 and the car slowed down. So we could hear the car gearing down. And as they took the turn, we jumped out of the car. 
and we ran, and I'm telling you, we ran. You know when you run, when someone is aiming at you, the car stopped, there was smoke, and they got out of the car, and they looked at us, and they started aiming with their guns, and we were sort of doing, you know that run where you might miss the bullet if you can? We did that running for about 200, 300 meters, and I'm sure we broke records at that stage, but we got away. God gave us confidence, he gave me assurance, and he gave me favor at this time. What an incredible thing. And I am so grateful that it wasn't just that, but his wisdom that stepped in to set us free. Number three, he sets us apart. He sets us apart. Number one, separate yourself. Number two, stay there. Number three, he sets us apart. An incredible thing when God chooses Moses to give the message, the blessing to Aaron and then to the people of Israel. Moses was set apart. Moses was set apart for many things. In fact, Moses was set apart so much so that he encountered the Lord and he was with the Lord when he asked the Lord, show me your glory. The Lord being gracious and kind said to Moses, you cannot see my face. However, I will put you into, the, into a cliff of the rock and I will pass by putting my hand over you so that you don't see me, but only see my back. This chapter in the Bible is known to be one of the most intimate chapters of a man meeting with God. One of the most intimate chapters in the Bible. Incredible that Moses was set apart to have this encounter with God. Sir, ma'am, may I say that you too have been set apart. You too have been called to have this encounter with our glorious King. Not just moving from and moving into, but an experience with God. You too were set apart to have an incredible experience with God. In fact, Ephesians 2.10 says, says this, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in, in it. You have been set apart by God beforehand. And what an incredible scripture that is. Enough to make us run for the kingdom. In closing, fast forward to the New Testament. You see, Moses knew the power of God. He knew the presence of God. He knew the provision of God. But when he asked God, I want to see your glory, God said no, because he wanted to see the person of God. John 1, 14 says this, And the word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten Father, full of grace, full of truth. What Moses couldn't achieve, even in his intimacy 
with our glorious King, Jesus made available for us to receive freely. You see, that person was Jesus Christ. It wasn't the appointed time for God to reveal his son to the world. But man, did he reveal the person of Jesus Christ to us so that we can be set apart, so that we can be separated, and so that we can have an assurance that is everlasting in our glorious King. Hebrews 12 verse 2 says this, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the, of the throne of God. Jesus was the man who separated himself. Jesus was the man who stayed on course for us. Jesus was the man who was set apart so that we can have eternal life. On that cross, there hung a man who redefined who I am. I've heard that so many times, but man, it makes sense when I know that my Savior, Jesus Christ, has done it all for me. He separated himself, he stayed the course, and he was set apart to set the world free. What a glorious thing. And to end off as Jesus is on that cross, he says to his God, his Father, he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And at that stage, God had turned his face from Jesus. And as he turned his face from Jesus, Sir Man, he turned his face towards you. <laughs> he turned his face towards you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. He is our keeper. He is gracious and he gives you peace. Absolutely incredible. Why don't we pray? Father God, we thank you that you are a glorious, glorious King. We thank you that you've lavished upon us in the person of Jesus Christ, that we can have intimacy with you. The veil has been torn and we can enter the throne room of grace with freedom because of what your Son, Jesus Christ, has done on the cross. And Lord, even as we pray now, we invite those in who has never given their lives to you. Those who are considering right now, should I or shouldn't I? But Lord, your blessing stands today as it stood 3,000 years. We thank you for those lives right now. And we say, Lord, bless them and keep them. We thank you, God. Make your face to shine upon them and give them peace. I pray today and I thank you, God, with expectant heart right now that those who do not know you will turn towards you. And those who have turned towards you will receive your blessing today because you are a gracious, gracious King. We pray this in the mighty name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.